Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to the new episodes of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana, and I'm a recovering addict and an alcoholic. I'm clean and sober right now, but I've struggled with the disease of addiction for most of my adult life. It began when I was a teenager. I've had bouts of sobriety, and even during the bad times, there's always been some part of me that wanted to live life the right way, the way I am now. This show isn't just for addicts, it's for everyone. Some of my guests will be familiar to you, but their stories will be new, heartbreaking, and awe-inspiring. If you aren't one of us, you surely know us. We are your wives. Your husbands. Your daughters. Your sons. And we've gone through hell to get to the other side. This show is dedicated to the ones who didn't make it. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana. This is a very special show today. Uh, we have guests in studio. My longtime friend and also a sober person, Vicky, is here. Producer Shar is here. And we have a studio audience consisting of Tamika. We're Tamika. So this is going to be a great show. We're talking about... Um, there's lots of problems going on in, in the addiction community right now with people not being able to get detoxed in time and not being able you know, to get clean and sober when they want to be and them dying in the process. Um, if you would like to email us, it's radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. The phone number is 415-496-9511. You can call or text that number. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter, uh, Radio Rehab Dana. So, Vicky, welcome. Oh, thanks. So, Vicky, uh, so I've got to ask you, how much, how much, uh, how much clean time do you have now? Eighteen years. Damn. Yeah. So, so basically, tell everybody who you are. You're besides just um, a sober person and my friend with eighteen years. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, who I am. <laughs> it's not a trick question. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm a grandma. I'm a mom. I'm I'm uh, somebody who got clean to to be a mom again, and um, and now throughout my recovery, I've helped um, get people clean, including you. I was gonna say, I know, I was gonna say, you're you're the type of person in recovery. And I, I don't want to say like this is how people should be, like I'm casting a judgment, but you're one of those people who really works, you know, the whole angle of you have to give it away to keep it. You know, I've seen you detox people. I've seen you help many people, including myself, many times. Um, we were just talking about that earlier, about trying to figure out what year it was that you took me to that detox. Yeah, because it's which time? Which time was Dana clean? Then? I know. <laughs> which time was it since it was what? My 15th treatment center? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like my 15th treatment center. Yeah. Um, thank you to my parents for starting to throw me in them at the young age. Right. Um, so we've also got Epic Attic Fail coming up later in the show. FYI, Epic Attic Fail will consist of one news story and two personal stories from two addicts. That that being me and Vicky. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we've got some embarrassing uh, 
embarrassing topics that are funny. So anyway, Vicky, what? So what's going on with the detox facilities? What's going on in the in the community that's upsetting you? That's brought you in? Okay, well, there's several things, but let's start with, for instance, my son a few years ago when he wanted to to get clean, and and it was detrimental. You know, he. Um, I'm I'm not gonna put his whole story out there but he needed to be in detox and he needed to get clean and his life literally depended on it and uh, without having insurance and and money to go into a paid treatment facility it took three weeks to get him into a county detox bed and the problem here is addicts die waiting in to, to get into detox all the time especially someone like a heroin addict or an opiate addict or an alcoholic um the window is really small the window, the window of willingness. Mm. And when they call and they try to get into a bed and they're denied, um, they're probably just going to get loaded again. Of course, I would. Yeah, because they don't, they don't want to feel sick. They don't want to go through that. An alcoholic goes through DTs, a heroin addict or an opiate addict, Oxycontin or whatever. They, well, you know what they go oh, through. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. The flu times 100. I, I know of people that have died detoxing from heroin, from dehydration. and Yeah, that's what I hate when people are like, oh, it's not, you can't die from a heroin overdose. It's mind over matter. It's like, excuse me, it's body over everything. You mean detox, not overdose. Yes. Oh, I said overdose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's because of all the heroin I've done in my life. <laughs> Seriously. It affects Thank the God brain. you didn't do PCP. Um, I did. <laughs> no, but not to it, not to the Rodney King extent. Right. I just did it a couple times. You know. So anyways, um, I want to, you know, I'm feeling passionate about, I've got quite a few friends. Um, one of them that we couldn't get into treatment without, without having to pay for it. We couldn't, even the ones where you pay now. I mean, when I got clean, things were really different. Even the treatment facilities where you have to pay to get in now, if it's a weekend, they're probably not going to take you. They want you to get medically cleared by a doctor. Oh, and by their doctor. Their doctor oh, wow. that they're paying. Yeah. They, they won't take, if you go into a, any one of the hospitals and get medical clearance to go into treatment, they're still going to say that you need to talk to their doctor. So... So addicts are being left out there to die until there's a county bed available or one of these paid treatment facilities can get you in when, you know, it's just, uh, it doesn't seem like the addict matters so much anymore. Addicts lives matter. Yeah, I know. And that's yeah. thing. hashtag addicts yeah. lives matter. We're going to, yeah, if, when you're, if you're listening, go hashtag that right now. I don't know how, how to properly word that. Go hashtag it. Yeah. doesn't sound like. That's pretty much it. Hashtag that shit. Yeah. Addicts lives matter because they do. And, and a lot of people think that they don't. Uh, Chris G, who's been on this show before, he was in a, a type of facility where they made him call every week. On or yeah, every Wednesday at the same time or something right. like that for six months until he got in, I would have been dead. Right. You know, because I tried to get into that place. I called one Wednesday and then I called back because I was so loaded I couldn't remember what happened. I called back again. I was like, "What?" And they said, "Yeah, you were supposed to call again the next Wednesday at three o'clock, but you didn't, so you have to start over." I was like, uh, "Fuck you! I'm gonna drink." Right. Because that's not. Yeah, my my level of willingness wasn't like. If if I had the kind of willingness where I could just stop myself, I would have I would have not had a problem. But well, I we did. would we wouldn't need meetings. We wouldn't need anything. Wouldn't need meetings. Wouldn't need steps. Wouldn't need anything. Yeah, if I could just stop, like because it's no problem. Hell, I'd be a normal drinker. Right, and and then you know there's these treatment facilities that I mean this is a whole big talk topic for me that I could go on for days about. But you get these treatment facilities that um, 
they want to charge you $20,000 to go in. And st- statistically, people that go into county-run facilities that have actually hit a bottom and don't have mom and dad to pay for a treatment facility for them or, or their insurance because they still have that job. Mm-hmm. I mean, as addicts, we're pain-motivated and pain-driven. I mean, oh, yeah. And uh, what it was it say in our sixth step? Only when the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than the fear of change do we surely let go. Exactly. So, like, if I had somebody that was going to say, oh, you can go into that $20,000 facility with the swimming pool and the tennis courts and yoga. Yeah, right. Where the right. fuck did yoga Pilates? start getting you clean? I know. Right? Right? Who did so that ever? I would have ran with that. Oh, vacation. Exactly. I can, I can go detox and... Maybe get laid and that's exactly right. what happened in, in the facility I went through in Sonora. Yeah, right. I was like I because I I had been through so many rehabs I could teach the stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're watching a Terry Gorsky video. Like I had met Terry Gorsky. I had been one of his treatment facilities. So I'm like, you know, I I don't need to do this. I'm like, who do I want to shut up in this room? Oh, that guy. Right. And boy, was that like yeah. In oh, retrospect. I remember that guy. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like your treatment. The person you hook up with in treatment is never anybody you would really ever want to be with ever again. You would. Even do them loaded. Oh, I know. I, I wouldn't even. <laughs> I wouldn't have even got loaded with that guy. I know. It was like, yeah. Can, I've got this empty void, and I'm bored, and you're here. So that's basically right. Yeah. Another another addition. Let's do we're something up. exciting that we might get caught doing. Yeah, that's all it was about. Yeah. So when we go into county-run facilities or facilities that you know people aren't making money off of our disease, um, I think statistically, what I've seen, people are more likely to stay clean. That's very they're true. Because they're rock bottom. They're crawling in. You know, uh, that's where I was at. Yeah. I crawled into that treatment facility and I was willing to do whatever it took to stay clean because my next my next choice in my mind at that time was suicide. Yeah, I get that. So. Um, so anyways, um, I'm, I'm really passionate about um, something needs to be done and we don't have a whole lot of time like. I think something should be implemented where hospitals have to detox you. If you go in, whether you have insurance or not, and you're like, I'm a heroin addict and I want to stop, they detox you. They don't give you an IV and some meds to, so you don't fill it for the next few hours mm-hmm. and send you home. They keep you and detox you and, and do the footwork to get you into treatment facility. Yeah, like a social and, worker type thing. And that's all good, but it's a long time coming. It's like yeah. not going to... So in the meantime... I don't know, you know, I want to work on some grants or or some government funding of some sort and have um, find a way to go out and educate the community. Right. How can you detox your loved one at home? And how can you have an intervention on them? That, that's a right. really good thing. Cause With, you're and why charge money, the families? Right? Yeah. You know, it can be government funded because, you know, everybody's like wants to take care of this and that in the world. Well, if we... It's, it's a proven fact if you get an addict off drugs and a bunch of addicts off drugs, crime rates drop. So, yes. right, you know, people are talking about gang problems and gang violence and all this. Well, almost every problem that happens in the world where violence is involved, drugs are involved too. You get one addict off drugs and they're going to meetings and they're doing what they need to do. Um, People follow. People see that happening. They see their lives getting better without that going on, and people follow. And it, and it's a small, long process, but it's a process, and it happens, and it's proven. With all the 12-step programs that there are out there, there are millions of us that have changed our lives. 
Millions. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just started working in the way it started in the whole beginning of the program was it was just about people helping other people. And that's right. what they were spending all their time doing, like Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. It was like it was all about yeah. just one person helping another. And it and was communities simple. helping. And it was simple. And now it that's, seems like these 12-step programs even have turned into a business thing, you know? Yeah, like rehabs are trying to make money off it. But like what you were saying about the county run place, like uh, in 2001, I went through a place called WRA in Burlingame, Women's mm-hmm. Recovery Association. And I stayed. I stayed clean for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I the that's reason, when I met you. Yeah, and the reason that's right. This reason the reason I got loaded again was because I it was on me. I quit working a program. I got into a relationship with a quote unquote normie who smoked weed, and then my dad died, and it was like, oh no, can't deal with it. But that and and. and just to talk about that place for a minute, it was free. It was county funded. I went in there because I was like, you know what? Uh, if I can't, if I can't, I'm going to put one year into this. And if it's not even as good as it was when I was using, then I, at that point, will be able to use enough to kill myself and successfully die. So I went in there with that in mind and ended up with three and a half years clean because right. that place didn't take money. You know, they put me back in school. On it's like everything was county funded. They got me housing. I mean, I was in the, I was inpatient for six months, and then I was in their sober living for six months. The whole thing being a year, and that that was like one of the greatest experiences of my life. There was a place I went through in L.A. called Cry Help that was also really good, but my parents forced me in there. And, and I wasn't ready for it. It was kind of like them throwing a cushion under me so I couldn't hit bottom. But places like Cry Help and WRA are, are places that are really good. You right. know, but then there's places like Passages. You know, what is that crap? It's like, oh, I'll make you not an addict by, by teaching you Pilates. And it'll only cost you uh, $65,000 a week. And how many DUIs has that, does that guy have now? Yeah, exactly. Like three I, or four? Yeah. Probably. I, I yeah. know. It's like these people are just, and, and anybody doing a commercial who goes, I'm not an addict, but I used to be who is that tool i mean that's just that's (laughs) lame so but i totally get what you're saying and i i think that as a community we in recovery should get on some sort of a bill or we should try to pass something right and another thing we can do is uh you know because we i know this show has listeners all over the place there's listeners in in massachusetts in new york in chicago uh, of course, in the South, because those are probably all my people related to me. Um, and then we've got <laughs> Hi, crazy. Y'all. Yeah, hey y'all. We've got <laughs> um, we've got uh, listeners in Japan, which is crazy, which is awesome. Uh, Australia, Egypt. So all of these people in all of these communities, I implore you to write. And also, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about uh, detoxing and addicts and how there's there's not enough funding for this. If you want to write us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. That's G-O-T-O Productions.com. The phone number, which you can call or text even when we're not here, is 415-496-9511. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Radio Rehab Dana. So uh, email us. Let us know what it's like in your community because that's one thing we want to do is is for all of us to make one big global community right. where we can teach people these things. And I would love to do that as a side job. If that were a position, I would love to do it, going to people's houses and showing them how to deal with their addict. Right, and what if what if we just had resource centers set up, set up too where people could come in and sit down and say, look, my son or my wife or whatever is is on drugs and I need help. And, and we were able to say, here's some county-funded programs. Here's the ones you pay for. Um, yeah, here's ones I know personally, people if, who have been through that work yeah, for them. These ones have detox avail- uh, available. There's hospitals that will do to have detox programs, as you know. Oh, Good Samaritan is yeah, where I just El did Camino my Hospital also. You know, they have detox programs if you have insurance. 
Right. See, right. and that's the catcher. I right. happened to be in a position where I had insurance when I went through Good Samaritan. But I mean, thank God my doctor ended up having 32 years of sobriety. I don't know what I would have done without that guy. Yeah. I mean, he had Jerry. me on, so Yeah, Jerry yeah. Calloway. Yeah. One of the greatest doctors ever. He had me on Suboxone yeah. for the heroin withdrawals. Um, Nothing for the crack withdrawals because nobody cares to help you with that. <laughs> and then he, I think he put me on like gabapentin and Valium what, while yeah. I was in the hospital for the alcohol withdrawals. Because I had jaundice cirrhosis of the liver remember i was like remember you saw me that night right because you've always come to, you've always come when i fall you've always come to help but yeah i, I looked like i was nine months pregnant with a beautiful baby liver it was disgusting i, I mean i was so bloated beautiful i mean yeah i i've now given birth <laughs> to my he's liver. a little colicky i don't know <laughs> yeah he's pissed at me for having to do all the work all those years <laughs> you know that's right i'll just be here um, you know, yeah. it's interesting that you said uh, how you stayed in treatment for six months and then and then to uh, THU or SLE or whatever mm-hmm. the hell they're calling them now. Um, and it was a year. You know, I stayed in treatment at, at Mariposa Lodge. And, wh- and where's that one again? That's between San Jose and Morgan Hill. Okay. And it's a women's treatment facility. And I always tell people, you know, I, I went in straight and came out gay. It was a women's facility. I know. Wait, <laughs> were you really or were you gay before you went in? Well, to, the, the honest truth is I was confused and I thought I was doing ecstasy and meth and so I thought oh yeah it was just a drug thing and <laughs> I realized the drug thing was to be having sex with dudes not chicks oh uh, right so you realized I figured it all out you found your true calling while I was in treatment <laughs> it's so funny because they said that about WRA too because there were a lot of people hooking up in the relationship and I was like wait wasn't your boyfriend just here on visitors day yeah they call that gay for the stay yeah yeah well some <laughs> just of them, like in jail some of them are still together though it's kind of funny people go yeah. into WRA well, they also say you know, as far as the weight gain you would put on there with all the starch, they would be like, you walk yeah. in, but Every you roll out. Every treatment facility. Yeah. The Oompa <laughs> Loompas roll you out. Or for heroin addicts, <laughs> they like, you put down the spoon and pick up the fork. Right. They told me that at Impact House in LA. I thought that was totally funny. But but yeah, like, it, there's a big thing, and that's, it's also nice to get clean with, with just women, or if you're a man with just men. Or whatever. When you're willing, you're, willing. you're willing. When you're, you're willing, done, you're done. That's true. And so I stayed in that facility for six months, and, um, and they've cut it back to, like, 28 days. Oh, no. A spin dry. Yeah. And, uh, you you know, uh, I, I just felt like back then um, when you would just call a rehab directly, and they don't do that in Santa Clara anymore. You got to go through this big thing. It's called Gateway. and um, I think it, I've heard of that. Wait, yeah, what, they, what is Gateway? Gateway is, uh, you. It, they're with the Department of Alcohol and Drug Services. You call, and they do an intake, and then they tell you if they think you should, over the phone, over the phone, by the way, they tell you if you think you should do outpatient. And what is outpatient besides a waste of time? What is outpatient except somewhere where you can use, where, well, where you can use and then go back to group? It's like you need tw- you need structure. If you're going to do outpatient, just go to meetings. Yeah, exactly. You know? Hit up three meetings a day. I mean, hell, there's right. Alano clubs. There's, there's right. in these, especially in And in you're probably going to have a better chance of staying clean going to meetings because. That's how my sponsor did it yeah. she sat there with other alcoholics and went to meetings all day right and, and she has 26 years now it's like right. yeah there's something to be said for that yeah exactly so the treatment facilities cut back the time uh, where they allow you to stay um the county ones and and i think it's it's hugely impacted 
I, I it's just like a revolving door. I see, you know, I I see girls that go in and they come out and they're back in. And same with the men. It, it's just not long enough. You know, you it's not you no. give an addict six months to stay somewhere and they get that time on their belt. They got a better chance. I remember being scared to leave. I remember I was, I was in so much fear of myself, which I now know was a healthy fear. Right. Um, but I was scared to leave, and there's no way I could have left in 30 days. I was, oh my God, no. I wasn't that addict. I wasn't that addict that could just go to meetings and get clean. I right. really needed that break away from everything. I really needed to love myself again because I hated myself so much. Yeah. So I needed that, and and uh, I, I don't understand how anybody does it in I know. 28 days. When I left WRA, I mean, I was hanging around in that in the TLC, because, you know, in, the, in their sober living yeah. at WRA one, because I had been there for so long. I didn't want to go. They were like, Dana, really, I think you can go. And I'm like, I think yeah. I should stay another month. I might get loaded. They're like, dude, you're just, come on. So it's like, I, you know, I got my, but I hung on to those women. I mean, right. I went back there for aftercare. I, I mean, I still, it's like I would go sit there all night. Like, just, you know, back in the day when I smoked, we would smoke cigarettes and drink coffee all night. It was the greatest time of my life. Right. You know, and then I kind of filtered out into the community and was able to talk to, you know, members of the opposite sex again. Because it was, you know, after, especially after working in the sex industry, when you have to support your habit like that, it's not, you don't yeah. want to be around that. It's like you need some separation. So they kind of built me up. And I, you know, Cry Help was, was a lot the same. Because uh, when I did leave there, it was because I wanted, you know, it was straight up because I wanted to use. Right. You know, because I had gotten in with some bad people. And, but um, WRA and Maynard's, that was the other one. Maynard's. That's where I, where I took yeah, you. Yeah, that's where you took me. Yeah, yeah. we had to tell that story because that was hilarious. But that's where <laughs> you took me. And, and I needed a year. I had been drinking since my dad died, you know, and then I had started the, the last two years of that is when I, you know, brought the drugs back into the picture. So, I mean, it's like I had been doing that for so long. When I got out and went home, I didn't know what to do. Like, there I am. There's my cats. There's the same house I lived in with my ex who I was with for six years, you know, and now it's just me. And it's like, I got to take myself to meetings. And and it's like, you know what I didn't do, though, is that I should have done. But had I been through a different treatment center, I might have thought to do this. Is I should have raised my hand like an am newcomer and said, even though I have 30 days, I'm brand new. Will you guys please help me? The way I did in in Sonoma, you know, like. Because I was serious, but that's like what you were saying. When you're done, you're done. Yeah, you know? and it really, and when it comes down to it, you're gonna, you're gonna get it where you're gonna get it when you're gonna get it. Yeah, but um, but but the problem is, oh, I wanted to talk about. So I'm on this Facebook group. Yeah, this is like a message board, and you should yeah. tell people the name of it because it's very. It's like it's called mothers the, of uh, against drunk driving, but this is mothers of addicts. Yeah, the addicts mom. It's a private group, and uh, it's for moms with you know moms of addicts and uh constantly like every week um almost every day unfortunately somebody posts a picture and a story about their addict child that didn't make it because it's happening everywhere and so with those stories almost every time they were waiting to get into detox right Mm -hmm. And, and you hear it all the time um so this one, this one gal, I showed you the picture of her. She's stunningly beautiful, 36 years old, um, passes away um, from an overdose while she's waiting to get into a two-year rehab center that she had to, listen to this, she had to fill out an application to get accepted and have a phone interview. What the fuck do you need to interview I for? know, really? It's like, hey, if I'm saying I'm a heroin addict and you don't believe me, I guess you'll find out when you meet me. You know right. what I mean? Like, And why would anybody lie about that? I know, really. Like, who is that bored? 
Yeah. What kind of what or, what kind of that, bullshit do you got to make up to pass that interview? Exactly. Like right. what? Who is it? Jennifer Connelly trying to study for her new part as a junkie in a yeah. movie? You know, right. like oh, I'm doing a character study. Right. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Yeah, I know. So so that lady dies. So this Waiting beautiful woman. I look at her picture. She's absolutely with kids, gorgeous, with and kids. she left her kids behind. That is so yeah. tragic. Yeah, you know, and 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 it happens all the time. I I have a friend who's out there right now, and like you know, we tried to get him into. He's the one that I had the experience with. With um, oh, his his parents have all kinds of money, mm-hmm. all kinds of money. Couldn't get him into a treatment facility that night to save our lives because he needed clearance from the doctors of the treatment facility. And every treatment facility, every privately owned treatment facility was like that. They don't take people on the weekends. Really? What? So there's a timeline now for addicts to want to get clean. Oh, yeah. You got to do it on a, on a Thursday before on their 5 time. p.m. On their time. Not not your time. Not your little small little window. You know why that is? It's because the those, I hate to say it, but assholes who are, because they only work Monday through Friday. It's a full-time job for them. So they're not there on the weekends. And God forbid they be bo- bothered to have to come in. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I've been in treatment centers where we get a new guy who's flying in from like Hawaii or somewhere in the middle of the night. And I've seen the person who runs the treatment center show up. People I've never see show up at night when that person gets there. Right. I w- if they have to be there, then they do. When I worked at the camp in Scotts Valley um, and it, w- it was owned back then by CRC and um, they were just bought out. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, we... I, w- I was a counselor there, and um, I did all the detox stuff, and I did all the aftercare stuff, and um, and we had a director there named Paige, and she now is the director of La Paloma Treatment Facilities out in Tennessee, and 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 yeah, that was an insurance-based program um, where uh, you paid cash or insurance to go in, but that woman had heart, and she would actually sponsor somebody in and let them you know she was always um there would be people occasionally that would come to us that didn't have money and they were so hopeless and hope hopeless and full of pain and wanting to get clean there was one girl i remember specifically and um she would let them stay she would let them come in and stay because they have the ability to do that every treatment facility has the ability to sponsor out of bed you right. know what I mean? I I think I'm using the right term. It's been a yeah, long no, time. Yeah, no, I know. I remember yeah. hearing something about that. There's county beds, and then there's this bed, yeah, and but then that, there's a that, private no, bed. No, but, but these are all insurance-based or cash-based beds, but um, the director can say, you know what, that person can come in. Everybody that works there would have a friend. Can I get my friend in for free? And, yeah. And you can. And, and th- so this director was always biggest heart you know didn't want people to leave and go out and get loaded and that was the one treatment facility that was privately owned that i could honestly say they cared about the clients really honestly just really cared about the clients i watched it at least she did right as the director i don't know you know i'm sure it's still like that i know quite a few people that work there that are big-hearted people um but um she was probably the most amazing boss to have and really cared, had compassion for the addict because she's one, right? So That's so cool. I had yeah. a counselor like that. At, and you would think Cedars-Sinai because it's a big hospital in L.A. Mm-hmm. I had a counselor like that named Venera. I think she ran the chemical dependency d- department at the time. But she was she was like that, too. She would help people personally because she worked a program and right. she cared. 
Right. And I mean, that was really cool because I was in a youth treatment center called CPC Westwood and it just closed. It just up and closed in the middle of the summer. And they basically like everybody got kicked out. There was even a psych ward like those people got let out. Wow. Everybody close. So Steeter Sinai took me and like some other young people into their program, which was really cool. Yeah, because they can they can make that they can go. Oh, I don't care if this person's underage. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want that they need to be here because where are they going to go? Right, like juvenile hall or to get loaded. Right, right, and we, and we don't, you know, when an addict wants to get clean, they should be able to get clean. Yeah, because like like you were saying, it's a small window. They might say, I want to get clean right now. Tomorrow they might, they might be off and running. Yeah, and you'll get people that'll say, you know, if they want to get clean, they'll do it, blah, blah, blah. But That's crap. People don't understand about what it is to be caught in the grips of the disease of addiction. Right. And when you're in the grips, you know, you got that monkey on your back. It is uh, it is a small window, and it can change at any moment. Yeah, because you've and, got that loud, like you call it, the Satan voice talking right, in your ear. Right. And 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 addicts, you know, like, especially heroin addicts, man, even though they want to detox, as soon as they start feeling it, they want oh, to use. Oh, God. There's and nothing stronger than that impulse. I, I, I've detoxed heroin addicts at my house. I, I This one gal that I detoxed one time, I hit her keys, I hit her car, and she's like, I hate you. I hate you. Give me my keys. I'm like, you can hate me. That's okay. Give me my keys or I'm calling the cops. <laughs> Go ahead. Call oh, yeah. the cops. What yeah. are you going to tell them? I'm detoxing to, you yeah. off of heroin. I need to get heroin really bad right now. <laughs> she won't give me the keys. Right. So Smooth. she... She got through it. We got through it, and she's still clean. You know, she's still doing the deal. But um, heroin addicts have a hard time through that detox stage. Oh, yeah, because once and, you start feeling it, you're off and running. You can't, oh, God, you, it's hard to get through cold turkey unless you're tied down. Yeah, and most alcoholics need to be medicated because yeah, they can have die. they'll They'll have a grand mal. Yeah, they can just die. And, and uh, so anyways, I would really like to get some programs started within the community to educate people like, you know, and then I got then I got my friend that you're going to have on your show that he goes out and he'll detox you at your house. You know, it, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but he'll go to your house and detox your loved one. <laughs> and and I believe he's got his bachelor's in psychology or something like that. I don't know. He'll have to. That's tell it, great. But, that's going to be that's going to be great. We're hoping to have him on here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And he's awesome. And, and so there, there are resources so that, you know, a resource center just going out and do an outreach in the community with pamphlets, with information on it and, and another a hotline for people to be able to call and say, look, I, I need to I need to detox my my kid or my wife or my husband. And we can say, OK, first you need to go get a medical clearance. And, and then this is what you'll need to do. Yeah. The, this is what you need to do. Great thing. And, and here's a meeting list. And and, you know, and and then what's wrong with these people in the 12 step programs in the community when they're finding out, you know, maybe call the Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous hotline and say, I got an addict here that's detoxing or an alcoholic here that's detoxing. Can you bring some people over and do a meeting for them or pick them up and bring them to a meeting? Because we do that. But the community doesn't know that. They, exactly. Right? That's why this is. That's what's so important about this is that we get this information out there right. and that people know it. And that's why I'm so glad we're talking about it on the show. Yeah. I think this is a really, really important thing. And I mean, I think we're going to go up the ranks as high as we can with this. Yeah, people don't need to die waiting to get clean. It's yeah. ridiculous. It completely defeats the purpose. Right. And if you know anyone uh, who's in the grips of this illness, or if you need help with it, um, or if you want to come on the show with your own experiences, uh, email radio rehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. Also, we've got Epic Addict Fail, a very personal version of it coming up. Also, the phone number, 
So what was the name of the, just first again, tell me the name of the group on Facebook, Mothers of Addicts? The Addicts Mom. The Addicts Mom. So can, I don't understand private groups. If people want to find it, can they find it or is it hidden? They can find it, they can search it, and they put in the Addicts Mom and then they have to request to be accepted. Oh, okay. Right. Right. So yeah, if, if you have anything to offer those people or, uh, or if you if have you a kid help, that's an addict. Yeah, if you have a kid that's an addict or a family member that's an addict, that'd be a great place. That'd be a really awesome place to start. Um, I think I think this is great. Uh, Vicki, we're going to have you on the show more and we're going to see how far that we can take this. Um, hopefully we get we can get a petition. We can get people to sign stuff. Yeah. We get help from people. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to start with... Uh, in my community, Santa Clara County, I'm going to start with the De- Department of Alcohol and Drug Services. Um, I know exactly who to talk to there. And um, city council, um, city council for the various parts, Gilroy, Morgan Hill, San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, um, Los Gatos, and, and try to get everybody on board. And 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 then uh, community forums, you know, where we meet once a month and we talk about how we can keep moving forward with this. Nobody else needs to die trying to get clean. I know that because that's just such that's just such a waste of everything that somebody dies as they're trying to get clean. I mean, I understand the addict in the alley who wants nothing to do with recovery, who wants to die. Those people end up actually living, you know, but it's like right. for the person who go, I really can't live like this. I need help. And to die in the process of getting the help is right. just wrong. And, and then people don't understand what it's like to be an addict and get stuck. When I took you that one time, how many phone calls did it take? How many times did it take for us to try to get you there before we could get you there? You were just so stuck. You wanted it, but we literally had to come get you. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, yeah. Because in case you're wondering, like, if Vicky knows what she's talking about, she took me and I am stubborn. I She got me into a detox. Uh, away from her cats. Even. Away from my, she got me away from my cats. If you know me, you're like, what? How'd she do that? <laughs> No, because seriously, I will not. But she was able, and this is what, you know, which would be something to offer other people, which would be so cool. You were able to find somebody to take care of my cats. You were able to make sure my house was okay. You were able to make it so that I had no excuse to not go into a treatment facility because I needed to dry out. I had been drinking and It took you like three drugs. hours to pack underwear. It was ridiculous. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, it's like you got a loaded person <laughs> trying to pack. And then I get there. Like, and I'm having asthma attacks from your cats. I did, Yeah, exactly. And then, like, I get there, you know, after I finally, like, opened my eyes, which is when I had been there a week, is when the fog finally cleared. Yeah, because like, we let her get shit-faced drunk all the way there. Yeah, because I would not have done it any other way. But right. I, I opened my bag, and I've got all these thongs. I'm like, what am I going to do with <laughs> sexy underwear? Like... Who, what, uh, what was I thinking? I know, and then, of course, you guys had to reclothe me because I didn't, well, because you told me it was in Sonoma. That's what's so funny. I would not have left if I knew I was going to somewhere damn near Yosemite. But I was getting <laughs> Sonora. drunk. Sonora. Yeah, I was getting drunk, and, and so it was so funny because when I finally said, I'm only here to detox, I'm not staying the full time, and when I found out I was staying there the full time, I tried to leave, so I took all my bags, and I walked outside, and there's nothing but cows, and everybody's watching me through the window, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting a cab. And they're like, a cab? There are no cabs here. But so I, I found that out the hard way. And then it starts, I'm like, what is that thing? Is that snow? It doesn't snow in Sonoma. And I go back in. That's where I found out I'm in Sonora. And right. everybody just, they were so kind. And they just let me And little did you know off. the casino was like a half mile away. Yeah, little did I know where I would have walked there. <laughs> exactly, because I was done. But yeah, I, I they detoxed me and that's what I needed. But yeah, you were able to, to make that happen. So, I mean, it's completely possible. 
Right. I mean, I, that was my thing. I will stay there for four days and that's it. That's not enough time, even for a detox. Yeah, you just got to, you just, when the addict starts talking about it, it was like my other friend, I'm not going to say his name. Um, for a year, he kept wanting to come back to the rooms for a year. And finally, I just went over there and he was, I walked through a living room of people smoking crack. And into his bedroom where there, and this guy's clean. I mean, he's OCD. And this, there was a mattress on the floor, clothes everywhere, needles, bottles. I mean, it was like something you see in the movies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like a 180-pound guy normally. And um, and he was probably about 110 pounds soaking wet. And I got him into my car and took him to my house. My mom, we thought she was dying back then of cancer. She was in the hospital. It was really a bad situation. And I would stay the night there so she wasn't alone. I would drag him with me every night. He literally got clean on my couch and staying the night at Stanford Hospital with me while I was wow. visiting my mom. And But th sometimes, like, you had to be unstuck. He had to be unstuck. Sometimes, as soon as you hear an addict saying, I want to stop, go get him. God, yeah. Come collect them. I know yeah. you came from the South Bay to come get me in San Francisco and drive me all the way up there. Because you know what? I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have gotten and there. And me and Katiekins would go every Sunday and visit you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you and my mom on visiting yeah. day. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so you know, there's a difference. Like I completely understand when when you say I don't want my addict child or my partner or my sibling or whatever living with me under these conditions because they're using them using actively. And them wanting to stop are two different scenarios. Yes. Because you can still be using and want to stop. You might right. be using because you can't deal with the sickness that happens when you stop. Right. And and if you can't do it at your house, there there's probably somebody out there that will help you do it. Yeah. You know? And, and so that's my, that's what I want to help people. Just educate them. Let's get educated. Let's get educated on on. When that addict says they're done, what can we do if we can't get them into treatment? Because you don't have to be rich to stop using dope. Exactly. That's ex that's a great point when you yeah. don't have to have insurance either. Yeah. You should just be able to do it like yeah, they did. You just in the need a place to kick yeah. and someone to make sure you're not going to die kicking. And perhaps some meds. Yeah. And someone to sit on you when you get sick and you want to go yeah, back and get Yeah, because you're going to get antsy. Yeah. You right. need somebody stronger than you. Who will can basically and, have you and, in lockdown? And that person that's doing it just needs to be educated. This is where the meetings are. I can call this hotline and talk to people, because you're in a crisis. Yeah. So, so you need to be educated on how to do that. And the more people, the better. The more yeah. people that can come and help you with this, and that's what the programs and that's what it's for. Right. People and, just need to learn how to use it again. And even if they don't insurance have insurance, emergency rooms cannot turn anybody away. Really? So you you can't take somebody in and emergency room says I'm not going to see them. They have to see them. So they don't necessarily have to detox them, but they can clear that if if they're going to die, they're not going to send them away. Right. But you can take your addict loved one into the emergency room to get them medically cleared and you can ask the doctor, "So what do I need to watch for if I need to bring them back and what can I do at home?" You know, like met from a medical perspective. And then you can ask me and I can tell you the rest of it. Exactly. You know what yeah. I, mean? I can tell you the rest of what to do. I think that's great. I think this is going to be a great thing. Yeah. Me so too. I hope you I, I hope you will come back to the show and visit. We're going to keep in touch with you and find out and find out how this is going and I will let the listeners know if there's any way that they can help. I yeah. think this is great. Uh, I think it's time since we're nearing the end of the show. I think it's time for epic addict fail. Oh wait. <laughs> I meant to say epic 
haven't. Fail. First order of business. Man eats underwear to beat breathalyzer. I'm not making this up. An 18-year-old Stetler man tried to eat his underwear in the hope that the cotton fabric would absorb alcohol before he took a breathalyzer test. His name happens to be David Zerfla. David Zerfla was subsequently acquitted of a charge of impaired driving because he blew .08, the legal limit. Uh, after he ran from his vehicle, which had been seen weaving down the highway, while sitting in the back of the patrol car, Mr. Derfluff uh, evidently ripped the crotch out of his shorts, stuffed the fabric in his mouth, and then spit it out. So when this went to trial, they because they, he's a college student, they had to ask some of the college kids to leave the proceedings because they could not keep a straight face. So that's an actual thing. But I don't know <laughs> if it's so much of an epic attic fail as it is an epic attic Good job, buddy. It worked. Was it edible underwear? It wasn't. Because then you might as well just eat a fruit roll-up. Right. It wasn't no edible underbridges, that's Ugh. for sure. Uh, so, and now, since we have two addicts in the studio, uh, we'll do uh, two quick epic addict fails. Uh, mine, I think the first one I would think of is, so when I got my first DUI, I'm trying to cross the border in Tijuana, where I assumed everyone, I, I went over there to get some uh, detox meds from the pharmacy, and figured, hey, I'm here. You know, I've never been into tequila. I think I'll just start drinking. So my friend and I uh, proceed to get really drunk, and I figure everybody crossing the border, going back into San Diego from Tijuana, is uh, drunk, right? So all I know is I pull up, and, like, the Border Patrol woman is, like, in my mind, she would say, get out of the car, let's fight. So I get out of the car very drunkenly and sloppily to go fight her, and then the next thing I know is on my face. So later as I'm in my jail cell, it occurred to me that she didn't try to fight. She was saying, you're drunk. Get out of the car so that I can give you a breathalyzer. But I made myself not even need a breathalyzer by sloppily trying to fight with her. Like, I just put my fist up. Like, okay, let's fight. Since when do I like get out of my car to fight people? Never. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a serious fail there. Okay, the one you told me earlier what was yours. And I just thought of a better one, but it's not mine, but it's so funny. No, you All can right. tell yours. So uh, I wasn't much of a pot smoker because I'd have this problem where I'd laugh hysterically and pee myself. And that's a true story. I peed myself on top of a guy making out with him one time. Um, Back before you were a lesbian. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, I, I still pee on How girls. How funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, good God. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, back to the story. So, so I'm drinking like I always am, and, I, and I'm smoking weed, and um, I decide that I'm going to go sneak, on, sneak up on my friends that are getting stoned behind the truck, and um, the truck has ladder racks on it, and don't ask me how, um, and I was probably wearing Birkenstocks, it was back then, I uh, climbed on the front of the truck, laughing hysterically, um, all by myself, climbed over the cab, uh, somehow walked across one side of the ladder rack, Got to the back of the truck. They're standing there. They look at me crazy. I proceed to do a cherry drop and slam my face into the tailgate, <laughs> busting my jaw. <laughs> Were you laughing after you did that? Um, I just remember my friend blowing out the bong hit and coughing and laughing really hard. And uh, I don't remember it. My ears were buzzing. And uh, yeah, it was bad. I ended up in the emergency room. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we got we got one uh, epic attic fail from a Stetler guy, an 18-year-old, and two personal epic attic fails from us. That's great. Thank you so much for coming in, Vicki. This sure. has been a great show. It's been educational, informational, and I think a little sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
If you want to write us, if you want to be on a show, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. That's G-O-T-O Productions.com. The phone number, 415-496-9511. Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. It's Radio Rehab, Dana. Uh, see you guys next week. Stay sober. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. 